Welcome to the experience. Sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences with Avaya. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we're bringing you thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, technologists, creators, influencers, and others who are bringing to life the future of experiences. I'm Steve Forkham, and today on the show, I'm speaking with Jim Lundy, the founder, CEO, and lead analyst at Aragon Research. In June of 2022, Jim released a new playbook for unified communications and collaboration. Specifically, the playbook focuses on the concept of hybrid cloud, a unique blend between public SaaS cloud and private cloud. Today, we're going to dive into the benefits of hybrid cloud and why large enterprises should seriously consider it as an option. Jim, thanks for stopping by and chatting today. Great to be here, Steve. So can you start by telling us a little bit about Aragon Research? How did it come to be? And honestly, I think the only thing that could probably be busier is running two companies, but you divide your time up as both lead analyst and CEO. How do you juggle all of that? Well, I was at another research firm as a managing vice president, had a big team. And so when you've been a line manager, you learn to multitask. So Aragon came to be because a lot of clients that I had thought that the work that I did was pretty good. And a few executives just said, hey, you should maybe go out and start your own company. So after they tell you that a couple of times and they ask you if you're listening, then you listen and you take the plunge and you go do it. So doing both jobs, I mean, I do wear two hats. We have a number of executives at Aragon, so we don't have a lot of meetings, but the expectation is that each of the executives, sales and research and operations and marketing, that they have their roles and responsibilities. And my job is more of a conductor and a leader. And the stuff that I do, I do a lot of calls with clients and talk to people. But you have to balance it. And half the day is probably running the company and half the day is doing work with clients. Sure, sure. Now, when you talk about work with clients and when you look at the industry, I think it's pretty clear that hybrid cloud is emerging as a preferred option, especially for enterprises that are seeking to enhance their on-prem solutions while experiencing the cloud-based stuff without the rip and replace that typically is required. Or as our new CEO, Alan, calls it, the innovation without disruption. What do you see and what are some of your key findings from your new playbook for unified communications and collaboration? First of all, hybrid cloud has been around. There's some people that don't think it is a strategy, but for a lot of large enterprises, it is a strategy. For, and we're going to talk about the reasons why. But SaaS or software as a service, which was basically full applications in the cloud was hot because it was very hard to maybe run a private cloud, meaning that you're running an instance of the software in a container on premise. And now it's not hard. And so major providers like your firm, Avaya, have that capability. And it's a new set of options for enterprises that maybe don't want to give up some of the control that you have to give up when you go to a public cloud service. I remember when I was a customer and I thought about, basically, I'm running my own cloud here. And then there was that cartoon of, I think it was a kid saying to his dad, dad, what's in the clouds? And the answer was a lot of servers, a lot of servers, a lot of data center, right? And I think that's one of the key elements in a hybrid cloud deployment is that it's the same kind of battle-tested platform that you're used to, that you depend on, that frankly, 
you don't want to fix if it's not broken. The cloud should be more additive as a toolkit to bring capabilities down. So in your playbook, you highlight a few ways that hybrid cloud can be leveraged in a UCNC environment. Can you elaborate a little bit on those strategies? So in, in UCNC, there's typically major applications like telephony and calling. There's messaging or team collaboration. There's meetings like video meetings. And all of those applications became very popular to migrate. However, the reality is, is that many, many enterprises still have an on-premise system, particularly for telephony. And some of them still have email on-premise. And so there's some trade-offs and benefits of going only full cloud or only staying on-premise. And so I do like Alan's statement about the innovation without disruption. What we found in our research, because we used to talk about digital platforms and replatforming and all that stuff way back in 2016, but a lot of enterprises over the years said, look, we love that idea. And our SIs tell us that and you tell us that, but we can't do it. There's just too much stuff we've spent money on. And so we've kind of talked about transformation versus full migration. And we'll peel the onion on this, Steve, but there are trade-offs and things you give up if you go native cloud in some of these application areas. So that's why the idea of use what some of the stuff that we have and maybe add some cloud services versus dumping everything which a lot of companies spent hundreds of millions of dollars on their telephony system, their global PBX infrastructure, mm -hmm. and it still works really well. Sure. So that's why I think hybrid cloud is a strategy. Some people don't like it because they can't do hybrid cloud. Obviously, you and your firm can. And that's something we're seeing with data residency and data privacy that maybe you don't want all your stuff up in somebody's cloud where a government can do discovery on you. Yeah. I mean, I think back when I was a customer for a large insurance agency, anytime I needed to make a change to our infrastructure, I had to go to a change control council, which was multiple people across the different parts of the business. I had to ask for permission to do stuff. And then I was granted a window to do that. And I think a lot about that experience and what that would look like in a cloud-based world. And that's just not doable in modern SaaS applications because you're just one of many tenants on the platform. You can't control when things happen, when they do. And a lot of times that's a non-starter for businesses. Hybrid gives you kind of the best of those both worlds. What are some of the other benefits that you see enterprises gaining when they choose a hybrid cloud solution for uh, communications and collaboration? So there is this thing called security. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things about why some entities must have some of their stuff in a hybrid environment because of the way the communications happens. And again, security of the communications and the collaboration, security of the data, and also where the data is stored or data residency. A big issue in almost every country except the US, a big issue in the US when they wanna store stuff outside of the US. So we've taken lots and lots of calls on that. But some things, for example, in our research, we found that sometimes if you move all the telephony to the cloud, you can lose 25 features. In one case with one vendor, it was 200 features that you lost when you went to their, quote, cloud telephony service. And again, remember, one of the things with a private cloud that you're running on premise is you said you have more control, but it's not like the admin has to do all the upgrades. The upgrades can be scheduled as part of the service agreement. And again, you usually have a unique service agreement. So you have more control over that. You sometimes have more features 
And that big security word that, again, a lot of people don't like to talk about. We've written about it. We talk about it. And that's one of the hidden things where in some instances, you're never going to see some applications go to a full native cloud instance. Again, just thinking back to when I was a customer and and then when I started supporting customers as a business partner, one of the things that always kind of made me different in IT was I was always focused on two KPIs. How do I help you drive more revenue out of the business? How do I help you squeeze costs out of the business? Whereas a lot of my peers were just focused on blinking lights and they would walk into their annual performance review with, I kept five nines uptime. It's like, well, great, but how did that help me be more profitable or squeeze cost? And one of the benefits you just hit on with private cloud is it frees staff up to focus on the more strategic stuff versus, again, kind of just service packs and security patches and updates and such. But you also mentioned one client lost hundreds of features. What are some of the enhanced features that you see made possible by hybrid cloud in UCNC? When you look at all the different capabilities you have with an on-premise, let's just say, you know, an Avaya switch, you would give up significant things. So stuff that would work on a phone, if you had a handset, some of those features will not be available. And that gets usually into multi-party and different ways of routing calls and stuff like that. But in some cases, people say, wait a minute, we have to have that. And why are we giving that up? And let's just say that some vendors, when they migrated their service to the cloud, didn't want to talk about it. We actually wrote about it and said, you need to be aware if you go to the cloud, you will lose these things. And also sometimes with video, with some of the video endpoints, you guys do video endpoints, sometimes you give up resolution. They're going to control the resolution. You can only get these resolutions. So when you say, well, I want 4K resolution. Oh, you know, we don't offer that. So when you look at certain use cases for video collaboration, it's not always a meeting, but it might be doing a playback and you have to have that resolution. Then you might say, wait a minute, for video, some of our use cases, we're going to have some of the control on site. Again, that's one that maybe somebody like Zoom is going to want me to talk about, but we talk about it because there's a lot of sensitive information that's shared in a video call. And where is that recording going to be stored, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you usually have options on that. But in some cases, like, oh, my God, I accidentally stored it to the cloud. Like, okay, pull that right down. But I think that that's one of the things. A lot of large enterprises that have very sophisticated workflows for telephony, those are gone most of the time yeah. when you migrate. So I think the idea of the hybrid insertion strategy is like, okay, maybe we've got voice that we're going to containerize. Maybe then say, okay, we could layer in some cloud applications with that. And you still get the best of both worlds. And people won't know. I mean, look, the end users don't know where the stuff is running. Exactly. To your point, they want to grow revenues. Mm -hmm. And the idea is the least disruption you can deliver to the business so that things keep on humming. So that whole idea of no disruption is a really good theme. I think back when I was working with law firms in Boston, the call configurations between an attorney and an admin were almost like a symphony orchestra kind of conductor in standing in front of how I want the call to go here. Then I want to go there. Then I want it to ring on this specific button. I want it to ring this specific way. Something as trivial as a bridged appearance capability. When I talk to some of my peers or competitors in the cloud space and they're like, yeah, we can do that with delegation. It's not the same. And when you go live and to your point, they don't want to talk about that. It's like, oh yeah, we can do that. We got delegation. 
And then, you know, they go live and the attorney's like, what is going on here? And it gets back to, I can't bill hours because I'm sitting here trying to figure out how do I get calls to go between me and my admin properly. That's a huge, huge impact that just a little checkbox on an RFP can totally miss. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And that's why people should really look carefully about what they don't get. And they have to ask questions about that before they make a decision. Yeah. You've also touched on another theme a couple of times. That's another one that's kind of near and dear to my heart is security. I remember way back when I used to talk to customers about disaster recovery before it was business continuity, you had to kind of convince them the boogeyman was real. You know, the swine flu, the avian flu, it's almost quaint after what we went through in 2020, looking back at those days. And you need to do this. You need to take this seriously. And security is a different animal because you don't have to convince businesses the boogeyman is real. They know it's there. So when it comes to data privacy and security, you've touched on some of these, but can you expand a little bit? What are some of the benefits of a hybrid cloud model for those two key elements? I think one of the key words is, there's really two key words. One is control and one is flexibility. So with hybrid cloud, you're going to have more control over your security parameters which basically means data access and data storage for, say, recordings becomes a very, very big issue. And again, when you go with a public cloud, the control goes away. There's no control and you can configure, but you can't necessarily control. And the flexibility is basically like, yeah, we can figure whatever you want, but this is all you get. And one of the things that really comes up a lot and a lot more, Microsoft actually released data on this, is governments realizing that they can give order court orders to cloud providers to get access to your data. That's wild. I would have never even thought of that until you just said that, because you're right. It's not even that I wouldn't give you access or I'd fight your subpoena. I don't even know, because if the data is not living with me, you're not coming to me to get it. You're going to my provider to get it. And they have a different threshold. Wow. I didn't even thought of it that way. But again, the spying, if we just go back to the whole hybrid cloud thing, there is an awful lot of spying that goes on relative to authentication to get into calls and meetings. Some cases you don't want to have anyone from a service provider have access if they're they're bonded or not. Mm -hmm. Some of the cloud providers have had big bonding issues in Europe, like they would not guarantee the bonding level of the cloud employees. And so therefore, some people, for example, in Germany, Microsoft had their contract turned off and a lot of rollouts stopped when they had a burp in service between them and Deutsche Telekom. So that you massive issue in Germany with that whole issue, which was security and privacy. And Microsoft had to basically put a data center in there so they could say, yeah, we got a data center here. And that also comes up for global companies. You do have to look country by country to understand the legal rules on data leaving the country and coming into the country and on the privacy laws. So in some cases, that's why, hey, for example, if you're in aerospace or if you're in government, you want to do hybrid cloud. You don't want to do full public cloud. And in government, particularly when you get into intelligence and military, but there's a lot of commercial agencies as well. U.S. government agencies have been hacked a lot. And some of them had gone full FedRAMP and FedRAMP wasn't ready. So I think that there's an awful lot of bad things that happen. And look, we've written about the hacks of some companies by Huawei, and they're bad. And so that's why, like I said, having a multi-pronged strategy, understanding some communications just can't go up there, recordings can't go up there. And that basically then gives you a better threat protection vector against the bad people. Now, 
while we're touching on this theme around data and data sovereignty and data governance, I think you touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the key differences that you see in data governance and general manageability between public and hybrid? I mean, a couple of things. One, in a SaaS environment, data governance, there's very limited control that a customer is going to have. And on infrastructure, there's pretty much no control over infrastructure access. And on security, you have inherited where you don't. And so again, when you start looking at the you know, containerized on-premise private cloud, you in those cases, you have full control of things like data governance, full control of infrastructure, full control over security. And then even regulatory compliance, you are subject to regulations and compliance that your provider must live up to. So I think basically the big discussion in all these areas is the hybrid cloud, the word full control comes up more often than you get what you get, inherited. Whatever they can give you, they're going to give you, but you have no say. Yeah. But again, remember, you're freeing up resources. You don't have to do the service packs and the upgrades. Those are part of the managed service. But basically, the equipment is running in your data center or data center that you authorize, and other people can't get in there. That's the big thing is it's just another layer of wrapping where they can't come into your facility. And again, you have to make sure that the people that do have access are bonded and licensed and have encryption keys so they can't, even if they are in, they still can't look at the data. If they look at the data, it's encrypted. They don't have the keys. So there are multiple ways to protect that. And here's what the cloud providers will say. Well, we do encryption. Yeah, well, guess what? Generally, somebody has the keys. <laughs> exactly. Generally, somebody has the keys. It's like saying, hey, we can handle that call flow for the attorney and the admin with a check mark. Yeah, yeah. Encryption, security, it's more than a check mark. It's a deeper level discussion. Well, but again, the number of governments that try to listen in, and this is where the communications thing comes into play. There's many people that think that their communications they're having on their staff meeting is private when someone's listening to it. So again, making sure that there's no open holes. And that's why in some industries that I just mentioned, you're going to keep that stuff data resident and application resident. So where do you see the continued emergence of hybrid cloud leading in large-scale enterprises in the next few years? Is it all driven by security or security and control? Or are there other areas that you see potentially driving this? Well, yeah, there's one other area called cost. A lot of times, you know- It's a little thing. <laughs> Uh, a little thing. We explain things to business leaders about how they can get ahead with better technology, but we also have to explain that sometimes you migrate a workload to the cloud that if the application is very chatty, then the cost is going to be significantly higher because you're paying for the I, the input, and the O, the output. And it doesn't matter where they're from. Some of the smartest companies we've dealt with, they had no idea that the bill was going to be that high. Many people say, oh, we're going to keep stuff on premise and we're going to put stuff in the cloud. They're worried about the audit, so they pay double licenses. Oof. When they should just say, look, we're going to, this is what we're going to use and true it up and not pay double licenses. But some applications, when you talk about really shady legacy applications, where you basically, you're going to run it on equipment in your data center and you're not going to pay for I.O. Right? It's a chatty app. It's a legacy app. It works really well. You're not going to have billing for the input output on maybe it's your equipment. So I think that's the thing you put into the service level agreement. But people have literally been, I had experience with this when I was at a company called Saba. I had a, a business unit and we ran an application with no customer loads, but we ran the application in AWS for about a month. 
And with no customer workloads, the bill was almost $100,000. So that wasn't in my budget because, again, we weren't billing any customers. So we said, okay, turn that off. Experiments over. We're not ready. That application was not ready for the cloud. So that's the other thing you got to realize is some applications, you're paying for extra stuff in their SaaS application. Like, wait a minute, why am I paying for that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So you got to really understand the hidden items on the itemized bill that you say, wait a minute, what's that? And again, sometimes with the hybrid cloud, you can have a fixed contract where you're not subject to, in some cases, significant price increases on some of the licensing from some of the cloud vendors where they've all raised prices on application licensing, SaaS application licensing in the last year and a half. And some of it, I think, has taken advantage of the post-COVID inflation situation. But these were significant price increases significant. So money matters. And many people probably paid for their Avaya switches years and years ago. But when you start talking about OPEX, you're going from CapEx to OPEX. OPEX is generally going to be more expensive in the long run. That's why the hybrid cloud, you get both CapEx and OPEX. So I'm paying some cloud licenses, Mm -hmm. but I'm paying a fixed price for that containerized service. Sure. Now, it's also beyond cost, though. In your new playbook for unified communications and collaboration, You discuss a shift in the market from instant messaging to mobile messaging. How do you see hybrid cloud enabling that shift? Well, messaging is one of the areas that there's so many open holes in that. But I mean, the big thing we see is email is winding down. It's a notification service. Mobile is the new way forward. And you want secure B2B based team collaboration, like via spaces and products like that. Mm -hmm. And so- Thanks for the plug. yeah, well, uh, we have, we tend to like spaces. But point is, though, it's got to be native mobile. And again, mm-hmm. sometimes where you're going to have some of the messaging originate from, it might be from a cloud service, it might be from a hybrid service. And again, you know, with a lot of the UC and C providers like Avaya, it's one stack and you may have certain services running in different locations, but you still want to have the omni-channel capabilities. But mobile is the new battle cry. And it is surprising some products work well on mobile and some products don't, or services, I should say. Sure. Well, you've opened my eyes to a lot of this stuff and people kind of turn to me a lot of times for these discussions. So every time I talk to you, I love our chats because I always walk away with probably about 10 times as much knowledge as I entered with. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave the audience with on Aragon and as people are considering a shift towards looking at public private cloud what some of the best practices are or anything that we haven't talked about? Well, one thing we didn't talk about is that it's no longer really, we think it's about stack, technology stacks and communication collaboration stacks. We don't think it's about, I got to have Slack here, then you got my telephony there and video conferencing from somebody else. We think it's more about omni-channel. There is going to be multi-vendor environments, but generally, that may be because there's a use case in one team where maybe engineering is slightly different, but they all should be interacting with each other. But the task switching to say on for the average knowledge worker, I got to switch from my meeting to a different team collaboration tool. Mm-hmm. That sometimes is a 10 minute interruption. So we do think the integrated community, you know, which we call UCNC, is the way forward. We do think that video meetings and all the things you can do with intelligent video meetings is the way forward. And that, I mean, telephony is an anchor application. There's a lot of reasons why you got to have the ability to call someone. 
sometimes you got to have low latency and sometimes, you know, there's also emergency regulations and emergency notifications. But we think it's about all three parts of the stack versus best of breed. Some, a lot of VCs still are promoting their recently IPO'd companies that it's all about this functionality. And it's really more about, I need to communicate and collaborate to grow my business. Some people say, oh, isn't it great that meetings don't suck anymore? Every single vendor has a great communication collaboration platform. During COVID, everybody's product got better. So I think that's the thing I would say to you. You know, one other thing I would just say that also people to pay attention to is people want to share information with video. The rise of TikTok. Aragon does all of its research with video summaries. We're the only ones that do that. We spent five years scaling that methodology up. But now you're seeing in the enterprise, people are constantly saying, hey, we want short form video. So you can take a recording from an Avaya meeting and you can chunk that and share it. And people like that. And they also like to say, hey, how can I fix this module? And another technician can share a video through, by the way, through team collaboration. Hey, I'm going to message you that securely. But again, I think that's one of the things is business leaders need to realize that if I have all these applications on the desktop, is it really slowing down my business unit? And the answer is probably it is yes. Yeah, I think it is yes. Jim, I want to thank you for joining today, sharing a lot of knowledge and some of the research you put into your playbook. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, Steve. Great being here. I'd like to say thanks again to Jim for joining us on the show today and enlightening us on the bright prospects of hybrid cloud systems and why the benefits of innovation without disruption are too great to ignore. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to rate and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Steve Forkham, and this has been The Experience, where we share insights into the future of customer and employee experiences.